Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Howdy folks and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. In this episode, I want to fulfill a little promise that I have made several times over the past few episodes about I want to tell you about some of the other podcasts that I listen to because I think you might enjoy them and they might help you musically or just entertain you or whatever. Now, before I got into doing my own podcast, I listened to other podcasts and it began to give me some ideas for how I might structure the show what I might do, how, how I might be able to continue it long-term, you know. So I listen to a lot of different podcasts, many of them having absolutely nothing to do with, with bluegrass music or even music and just kind of getting a, an idea or a list of ideas of how other people approach the whole concept of podcasting. And then of course I threw out all that out the window and just did whatever I felt like which you have heard now, this will be the 75th time. But I did learn things from other podcasts, and I still enjoy listening to other podcasts. When I was a kid, I used to listen to the radio a lot. I built a little crystal radio kit that I got for Christmas one year. And I can remember laying in bed many nights, and it only tuned in AM, AM radio, and it'd be real scratchy and... I would tune in these, what I'd call DX stations, uh, stations that come in, uh, by skip late at night. And I, you know, I'd hear foreign languages and I'd hear, you know, WLS in Chicago or hear New Orleans coming in or New York. And I, I spent a lot of time listening to radio, but the thing that over the, over the years, I have listened to less and less and less radio because today you can select the radio, the audio programming that you want to listen to. And I just, I turn on the the radio in the car once in a while and I just, I can't stand listening to it because it's one thing for everybody. And I'm not into that, whatever they're talking about. And and that's what podcasts have done. They have personalized radio so that you can find the things that you're interested in and just listen to that. YouTube has done the same thing. You know, what people used to sit in front of the television and all of America would watch three channels. Now all of America is bouncing around on YouTube, watching whatever they want to. And the door is wide open at least at present for anybody to produce content for other people to listen to. You know, it used to be that you had to get a ham radio set. If you wanted to get on the radio and, you know, talk about something (laughs) and you'd have a very limited audience, perhaps only maybe one other person on the other end of the transmission listening to you. Now, you know, it's conceivable to develop an idea for a an audio podcast with the intention of only having 10 listeners and put it out on a daily basis or, or whatever. There are people doing that. Um, and this show is sort of that. 
fairly small audience. You know, it's directed just for people who play bluegrass. And that's a mighty small slice of the world population. Hopefully it will grow, if you will, print out that little mini flyer that I keep mentioning. And I'm sad to report that I've now mentioned that, I think, on three shows. And I can see how many people have clicked on the page. And that's the page where you download the little mini flyer. So far, four clicks. So... Maybe I'm just not persuasive enough. So let me ask one more time. If you like the show, you know, uh, you can support the show by, you know, going to bradleylaird.com and purchasing one of my fabulous instructional ebooks or videos. Or you can share links to the show with your friends all over the internet. Or you can become a Grass Talk Radio supporter. Or you can go and download the little flyer, the little four-up flyer, and print one and cut it apart and stick it in your banjo case or whatever and hand it to the next person you meet who you think might enjoy the show. Okay, enough self, uh, self-promotion for today. Let me promote some other people. And these are in no particular order. These are the order in which they appear as I scroll down my list of podcasts, some of these podcasts I subscribe to. And whenever a new episode comes out, it will automatically download. And some of them, I don't some of them because I kind of have to watch the memory capacity of my iPod and not overload it. So some of them I'm not subscribed to, but I, I check their feed periodically and, uh, So I'm not going to tell you which ones I've subscribed to and which ones I haven't. But let me just go down this list. There are no particular order. These are just some shows that I found interesting. And I have binge listened to some of them. And uh, so here's the first one. I love this show. It's called Thanks for Giving a Damn. And it's a fellow named Otis Gibbs. And he, he's put out, I think, I don't, I don't know the number, maybe, maybe 200 episodes. I don't have my pod, uh, my, uh, iPod here in front of me. I just have some little notes I scratched down. I haven't seen a new episode since mid or mid to late February. And I'm just hoping that he's out playing a lot of gigs and he's busy traveling and playing music and just hasn't had time. And that when he gets some slack time, I really hope to hear more podcasts from Mr. Otis Gibbs. He's, he's, he's got a great style. He's got a great attitude. And generally speaking, he includes a lot of interviews. And I'm just going to mention a couple of my favorites. Episode number 145 of Thanks for Giving a Damn is entitled Bill Monroe at the Station Inn. And that is an interview with Mike Bubb, bass player. Many years was the bass player for uh, Del McCurry. So uh, listen to number 145. Love that one. Uh, Number 136 is Jimmy Martin Stories. Very good. I also really liked, and some of the ones that I really like, I'll I won't delete 
from my iPod because I might want to listen to them again or play them for somebody else. Really cool one. Um, it's number 118. It's, it's titled, When Elvis Met Nixon. I played that for my son. He got a big kick out of that one. Anyway, support Otis Gibbs. I like what he's been doing, and I hope he will continue. Now, uh, moving on to the next podcast. This one um, hit the podcast world and took it by storm. You know, the odds of Grass Talk Radio ever showing up in the top 20 or the top 100 podcasts on iTunes is pretty, well, it's not likely to happen. But this one just appeared there. And it's called Cocaine and Rhinestones. And it's it's done by a guy named Tyler Coe, who he reveals a few episodes in that his uh, father is David Allen Coe. He's grown up around the music business, and he's a musician. And he is putting out this podcast. Essentially, it's... The intent is to present the history of country music in the 20th century. He describes it better than I do. Fascinating. And it would appear that the bulk of the content that he is talking about has been obtained by reading biographies and autobiographies and some other stuff. Fascinating. I got into listening to that thing. I think there were maybe eight episodes. I think he's doing kind of a season-by-season method. I don't know the exact number of episodes. Maybe it's 12 or 13. It seems like he recorded all that and then put it all out weekly. And now, from what I gather, he's busy working on season two. Just fascinating. Uh, You know, I've been a country music fan, but I'm not really anymore because I turn on country radio today and I don't like it. I don't like what I hear, but I used to like it. And I was a bluegrass musician, but, you know, tinkered around with country in the in the 70s and 80s. You know, I even took up playing the pedal steel in hopes that it would get me a gig as like a side um instrumentalist in a working band. I wanted to be playing music. And if it took playing country music to do it, I was willing at that stage. I eventually chucked that idea. And I won't tell you the story of when I gave up country music. Um, I'll save that for another episode, but anyway, check out cocaine and rhinestones. It's the kind of thing. If you, if you like stories, you're going to have your fill. And one in particular, it's two episodes that I just really got into was the Buck Owens and Don Rich story. Anyway, Tyler, you're kicking it, and I'm looking forward to the next season. Really loving Cocaine and Rhinestones. I I, I have to say that I live in dread fear that in season two he will do Bill Monroe. Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. I'm kind of afraid of that one. But the the truth is out there. If anybody can deliver it, um, I believe Tyler can. Anyway, he also has another podcast, which I just found by happenstance. 
and it's called Your Favorite Band Sucks. And I've listened to a few of them, and it's uh, it's not for kids, you know. The language is not for kids. Um, but I, I've teased a few of my friends who are diehard fans of certain bands, and I would just send them a link to the show. Uh, to uh, it, he just shoots holes in in very popular bands. So you know, I got a buddy of mine that's really into the Dead, so I sent him a link to the the Grateful Dead sucks. And, you know, honestly, most of the bands he've done, he has done so far. It's actually him and another guy. Most of the bands, I've never listened to any of those bands. I've heard them because if you lived in America in the second half of the 20th century, you heard these bands. I heard them, but I didn't buy the albums. I didn't go to concerts. You know, I had my, uh, my sights on bluegrass. So a lot of these bands, I don't even know who they are. I've teased my wife a few times too. I, I said, uh, Hey, do you like the police? She's like, yeah, I, I like the police. I say, I'm going to send you a link to a podcast about the police. And I send her that. the police suck. <laughs> anyway, it's a, uh, it's a humorous, um, humorous and possibly truthful. I don't know because I don't know these bands. But anyway, that's his little side gig is, is the Your Favorite Band Sucks. So if, if you're brave, go on there and find your favorite band and see if maybe they suck. Now, next podcast. This one is called the DIY Musicians Podcast. And I really recommend this for any, any of you who are trying to figure out how to make a living playing music how to record, how to get gigs, how to tour, how to um, navigate through this crazy world of trying to make a dime with your music. DIY Musicians Podcast is really a, an, an evolution of CD Baby. And CD Baby was a website that came along back about I got, maybe 10 years ago. And they had an ingenious idea, and that is a lot of people have, a lot of musicians have CDs, and uh, they're carting them around to gigs and selling them, but they just don't have a way to distribute, distribute them nationally. So CD Baby set up, and we did it in, in, the, in our band, Cedar Hill and Pony Express. We signed up, got a CD Baby account, and you would literally mail them five copies of your CD. They would import the tunes and make a little sample of the first 30 seconds of each tune and set you up a little web page where people could hear the tunes. And if they liked it and wanted to buy the CD, they could buy it and CD baby would ship the CD to the person. And let's say you sold the CD for 12 bucks. You know, at the end of the day, after you took out, the cost of uh, mailing the five CDs to CD Baby, and then CD Baby took their cut. You know, you might make, I don't remember what it was, maybe five bucks, you know, at the end of the thing. But what it allowed you to do was, you know, maybe you're playing a little gig, like we used to play the Red Light Cafe in Atlanta all the time, and we'd have our CDs there, but maybe some guy came in and he only had 20 bucks in his pocket and he's already drank 18. 
and uh, he doesn't have the money to buy the CD. So you could, you could plug it. You could say, Hey, you know, you can go to cdbaby.com slash pony express. Uh, don't do that by the way anymore. I don't, I don't sell any CDs through them anymore. I'm not even sure that they do. That was great when CDs were the thing and every band had a, had a bag full of CDs they were carting around and it, it gave an outlet for somebody to, um, you know, purchase them after the fact or from your website, you know, people could visit your website and you could put a link over there and sell them the CD and they would send you an email and say, Hey, you are down to one copy of your CD messenger. Please send three copies, you know? It got down to where sales were so slow, they would say, please send one copy. And I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to pay the postage to mail them one CD. And then they're going to say, I just eventually closed it down. And I think they have moved over into digital downloads. And of course they had the problem that they couldn't do provide download streams and things like that for people who had recorded covers of songs and had not obtained the, the rights to resell them. So it was sort of a better thing for, um, you know, people who are producing public domain music, recording public domain music or, or original material. If you had original material, no problem. Like you'll notice on this podcast, I only use music of things that I have actually got the written permission from someone to include in the show or things that I've written and recorded or public domain songs that, that I've recorded or that I'm just not going to take the chance of these podcasts being yanked down for copyright violations. I'll come back to this. I, I don't know how some of these shows do it. Some of these shows you can listen to and you hear everything by everybody. And I just wonder how are they able to reproduce that and distribute it and not pay royalties? Maybe they have paid royalties through some system that I'm not aware of. But anyway, back to DIY musicians podcast. It's very helpful if you're not for the person that just wants to learn to play, but if you want to learn to play and try to do that, for money, even on the very smallest level, or to try to build yourself up as a, you know, a touring artist or whatever, go check them out. They got some great stuff on there. DIY musicians podcast. All right. The next podcast that I, I really like a lot is the fretboard journal podcast. Everything about fretboard journal. I like, uh, the first time I saw a copy of it, was issue one. One of my students brought it to a lesson and flopped it down on the, on the table. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's no way they're going to have this. These people are going to go broke because it was gorgeous. It was like a coffee table book, soft cover, beautiful, beautiful photography and in-depth articles. And even the ads were gorgeous. The whole thing was, I'm like, Nobody can afford to do this. And then issue two came out and issue three. And then my daughter bought me a subscription for Christmas one year. And I'm telling you, that is a beautiful thing they're doing. Well, they also do a podcast. 
So check them out. I've a lot of times, um, you know, the names that pop up, like who is being interviewed. I don't know. I don't know who they are. And then I listen to it and I'm glad I did. You know, sometimes if you just go around looking for the things that you're familiar with, you, you don't get the full spectrum of what's out there. You know, I would tend to scan a list and look for names I've heard of David Grisman or, and I think they've interviewed him, Del McCurry. I'm looking for bluegrass people, but sometimes I'll just go, well, I don't, I don't know who this person is, but I'm going to listen anyway. And Listen and learn, as they say. So scope out Fretboard Journal. I love what those people are doing out there. Uh, the next one I want to mention, uh, when when you're using the podcast app, which used to be directly in iTunes, um, and you're looking at a, at a podcast, or if you go on iTunes, It'll say related podcasts. And I've clicked that a lot to see what other things are out there. So if you're at Grass Talk Radio and you hit related podcasts, you'll see, I don't know, six or eight other podcasts. And I'm presuming that they're saying these are related. This is just a guess as to how they operate, that they're related because somebody that subscribed to Grass Talk Radio also subscribed to this other podcast. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm just, you know, when I get once in a while, when I look at grass talk radio on iTunes, I'll hit that related podcast. And one of them I found, and I, I love this podcast, the Tim Shelton podcast. And he's put out a bunch of podcasts. Sometimes he'll do three a week. And Tim Shelton, if you don't know, is a guitar player and a singer and musician and he had a band and still does uh, called new found road. And I used to see him in bluegrass unlimited in those, you know, when somebody buy a full page ad for a festival and there'd be all the photos of the bands and you'd, you'd scan the ad, you know, scan the pictures and here's little Roy and Lizzie. And here's uh you know, lonesome river band and here's new found road. And I remember seeing them. I don't think I ever saw them play. So I don't know a lot about Newfound Road, other than I know they were a, I think they kind of start out as a gospel-oriented bluegrass band, and, and they were a bluegrass band out there doing the bluegrass festival circuit. Um, Shelton's from up in Ohio, and I think his roots are from Hazard, Kentucky. He tells, he tells a lot of stories. One, one of the things I really love about his show is that he gets on the show. He's obviously a good promoter. I don't want to use the word hustler, but he's a good promoter. He's got sponsors for the show and he is making it pay somehow or another. He's managing to make it pay and he'll have sponsors. You know, he'll, he'll read the, uh, just like old time radio, you know, read the spots for that episode. And a lot of times it's a bluegrass festival that is, has sponsored an episode. He's even, uh, he even has the chord buddy and going way back. And I don't remember which episode it was. Um, I think it was, I did an episode very in the first 10 called something like get the chip. And it was about shortcuts to learning how to play and all the devices and gizmos and gadgets that, you know, will help you play. And I, and one of the things I mentioned in that episode was this contraption called the chord buddy. 
And I sort of made the case that, Hey, this is a, this is a cool thing. And, you know, it might get you to started playing, but you know, that's not how real musicians play. And I, I kind of talked down the chord buddy a, a little bit jokingly. I, I actually put out a plea that if anybody wanted to send me one, I would love to tinker around with it and possibly give it a more fair review anyway. So I'm listening to Tim Shelton's podcast and one, one day he's interviewing the inventor of the chord buddy and talking it up and chord buddy as a sponsor of the show. So anyway, I like what Tim Shelton does. Sometimes the, the content is not up my alley. You know, I would much prefer, you know, I want to hear more bluegrass stuff and, you know, I, I don't mind hearing about a bluegrass festival, but you know, sometimes he, he gets off on talking about MMA and, you know, stuff like that. And I've never even watched any of that stuff. So I don't really know what he's talking about there, but I, I think that probably increases the, the breadth of his audience by not just, you know, staying in a little bluegrass bubble all the time. Like I, I tend to do anyway, he's done. Sometimes he's just kind of, you know, talking about, you know, what's going on this week. And, you know, I, I got a kick out of, you know, he, he talks about the shows he's that are coming up and, and then he'll recap, you know, how to go and what happened at the show and that kind of stuff. And it, it's interesting. He was talking about how he got car sick on the way back from, from, uh, Poppy Mountain uh, just just recently. So one of the things I really like about him and the way he does his podcast is he is keeping it real. There's no no uh, no baloney there. He just he just calls things like he sees them, and I like that. And I tend to do that too. He's also done some some good interviews on there. Uh, number two sixty one. He did an interview with Steve Dilling, banjo player. Good interview. He's interviewed Missy Raines and Sierra Hull and Doyle Lawson. And so if you scan through his feed of past episodes and you're craving bluegrass content, you're going to find a lot of good stuff on there. And I like it just because, you know, he puts out a lot of them and might be 15, 20 minutes or might be 30 minutes. But, you know, there's stuff coming out all the time. So support Tim Shelton. Next one I want to talk about is the Josh Cole Bluegrass Show podcast. This is wonderful. And this is one of those ones that I wonder, how do they get away with this? They're, they must, how do they, and I'm going back to that thing about, you know, publishing or making digital copies, which a podcast is of other people's music without paying royalties, or, you know? the copyright stuff. I don't know. I don't know how these people do this. I'm sure they got it covered. You know, there are a lot of, um, radio shows that play music and they've got a license. Maybe they got some kind of blanket license that, that covers on the air play of material and also podcasts. I don't know, but I've stayed away from playing any copyright music. I'd love to do it, but I'm just not sure how to do it. Anyway, the Josh Cole Bluegrass Show, you don't have to worry about that. They are playing the tunes, and it's really cool because these are live shows, tapes of live shows. And you know about the tapers, the tapers that go to all the dead shows and all the fish shows, and, well, they go to a lot of other stuff, too. 
there are a lot of tapes of shows and Josh Cole brings them to you. He, he often uh, references a guy, you know, I like this tape came from the archives of uncle chippy. I would love to talk to uncle chippy sometime. Uncle Chippy's got the tapes. I'm telling you. Anyway, just let me rattle off a couple of them. If you want to go back and hear some stuff, do this. Go to Josh Cole, Bluegrass Show. Here's a couple of them that I really enjoyed. Uh, episode 5, Del McCurry, Band Playing Live, 2002. Uh, episode 15 is Keith Whitley. This one was really cool. Keith Whitley, playing in a bluegrass band. 1972 episode 44 is Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver from 1982, but he's got more current stuff too. Like, um, episode 163 is Chris Thiele and Brian Sutton and a band playing live in 2005. And you know, if you want your mind blown, go listen to that one. I mean, sometimes I just can't take it in. I just can't take in that many notes. But, you know, if if you're a player of their caliber, if you're in the Thiele Sutton camp, I think they just have to do that. I just think, you know, they've gotten to the level where they just can't not do that. But sometimes I just can't take it all in, you know, just too many notes. But um, not taking any, anything away from their musical mastery, but sometimes I just kind of want to hear it played a little more simple. All right. So. More power to Josh Cole. Check him out and support him however, however they do their thing. Another show that I've run across, and I really, really like this show. It's called Back Porch Bluegrass. It's just like turning on your radio, and there's a bluegrass show on. Boy, I wish our town had that. And uh, th this guy, Paul Trenwith, he's down in Hamilton, New Zealand, and it seems like what he has is a bluegrass radio show on a community access FM station. It's called free FM 89.0. And he has a bluegrass show and he plays bluegrass music and it's great. This guy obviously knows the music and he loves the music. He's talked about, you know, some of his excursions and coming to the United States and going to festivals and things like this. He's been a banjo player since the 1960s and I just enjoy it. I just enjoy listening. You don't know what he's going to play. And, uh, just, if you're wanting just a little bluegrass entertainment programming, check out back porch bluegrass. Really like that. There's a new one I found just recently called the podcast is called bluegrass ambassadors. And from what I've gathered, they've only put out one episode so far, but from what I can gather so far, is it's a band called the Hen House Prowlers, and they have toured all over the world. I think they've played in a dozen countries, possibly through some State Department um, musical exchange program. I, I don't know exactly the whole story yet. But anyway, they've taken bluegrass all over the world and are doing some interviews with people that they've encountered here and there. And the, the first episode is a guy in Dubai who showed up at one of their shows and started hollering out requests for flat and scruggs tunes and stuff like that. And I guess it just blew their mind and, uh, called them up on Skype and did an interview with the guy. Fascinating. 
one episode so far, but I would say keep your eye on that one, the Bluegrass Ambassadors podcast. Now, another one I've listened to some, and this is a kind of a slick, it's, it's, a, it's a nice slick um, podcast, very professionally done. It's called The String. I think the guy's name, let me look at my notes. Craig Havinghurst is, a, is the guy. And it's put out by WMOT Roots Radio. Good show. Um, you can tell a lot of, a lot of thought goes into each one. It's primarily interviews. And again, they're covering a lot of ground here. It's not just bluegrass, but bluegrass is a part of it. So as you scan the feed of past episodes, you're going to find people like Jerry Douglas and Bela Fleck and the traveling McCurries and stuff like that. Those people being interviewed. But you're also going to run into a lot of other people that maybe you're completely familiar with, or maybe you're not. So anyway, scope out the string. I like the professional delivery of it and the, the well thought outness of it. And, uh, makes me wish I had a, maybe a producer and an editor and some things like, but anyway, it's nicely done. Craig, you're doing fine. It's uh, the string. Another one that I've, I've listened to a lot of episodes of, I think there's maybe 30 or 40 episodes so far. It's called Cosmoses, And I think that must be a play on the word cosmos. It's a fellow named Justin Moses. Justin's married to Sierra Hull and Justin is a multi-instrumentalist. I'm pretty much guessing he can probably play anything and he plays them really well. And he started a podcast. You'll see a lot of musicians will start a podcast and maybe it doesn't continue. And I'm hoping that this podcast isn't one of those because he got, he got off to a good start interviewing a lot of people. And, uh, you know, there's some breaks in when the shows would come out and then haven't seen one in a couple of months, but I hear about him, you know, I heard about him playing with, uh, I mentioned Tim Shelton not long ago. And I, well, he was talking about a show and Justin Moses was going to be playing on the show. So I have a feeling that probably the podcast is having to take a back seat to the uh, hectic world of performing. So anyway, just want to throw a little shout out. I don't, I don't, I don't really use terms like shout out, but a shout out to Justin Moses and his podcast. What he's done so far is really good. And I hope that since he's got some backstage access to, you know, rubbing shoulders with some of these uh, great bluegrass musicians, I hope that he will pack a little H2 recorder along with him and get some more of those interviews. I'm, uh, I like what he's done so far, and I really like his music. Okay, next one. Uh, this one's actually defunct, and I, when I say defunct, I just haven't seen any new episodes since, like, 2015. It's called The Bluegrass Byway. It's interviews. I really like the episode, the interview with Junior Sisk, and he had an interview with Becky Buller. Uh, now, next podcast, Hanging and Sang It. And this is a nice, slick production and I can't remember the name of the host. I just, I didn't jot it down here. Anyway, the show is a, is a cool format where it's interview and performance. 
in a studio. So the guest obviously comes in, talks, and then plays. And it's really cool. I like it. They came out, they started about the same time that I did. And so I was watching, you know, comparing the number of reviews and how many stars and stuff like that they were getting compared to mine because I knew they came out almost the same week, like January of, of, uh, 2017. So I've, I've watched it and, you know, it appears that it, it takes place in Nashville and, you know, the, a lot of singer songwriters and musicians who are passing through town and things like that. Um, just to give you a couple of examples. Um, episode 20, Yonder Mountain String Band. And if you're into Yonder Mountain, you know, scope out hanging and singing number 20. One that I really dug was, uh, episode 17, The Time Jumpers. I'm not going to tell you anything about The Time Jumpers. Just go listen. All right. Next podcast that I'm just sort of, sort of watching is called Maker's Mike. And I'm guessing that's a play on the uh, Maker's Mark brand. I, I don't know for sure. But this is a podcast put out by L.R. Bags, who is a maker of like acoustic instrument amplification gizmos, you know, pickups and things like that. L.R. Bags and doing interviews with musicians. And I've only listened to a couple of them so far, so I'm not going to, you know, give a Thumbs up or thumbs down, but I, I can tell you the ones I've listened to, thumbs up. I haven't uh, found much bluegrass content in there yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Um, here's another podcast that has recently launched. It's called the Picky Fingers Banjo Podcast. A guy named Keith Billick. And, it, you know, it's just a, this is such a great example of what podcasting can be. And that is you have a very narrow audience. His audience is, this is obviously for people who play the banjo, you know, and it's kind of like me. That's even smaller than my thing. At least mine is who play bluegrass, you know, his is for banjo players and anybody who might be interested. Obviously he's put out uh, six of them so far as of the date of this recording and he's off to a good start. And I, I wish him a lot of luck and, Hope to hear a lot of future episodes. Um, he's done a couple of interviews with some people and some just flying solo episodes. Uh, the number six that just came out interview with Alan Mundy and it's uh, part one. Part two is I'm waiting on. It'll be coming out soon. Anyway, Keith, I like your podcast. Pick your fingers, banjo podcast. Y'all scope that one out. Another one that I've listened to more just for my own personal, well, I guess all of them are for personal reasons, but when I took up playing the Dobro, I was back to square one. You know, I had, to, I was starting from scratch with an instrument that I really knew very little about. And it's a guy named Troy Brenningmeyer. And he has a website, Lessons with Troy. And in many ways, he's doing a lot of the same kind of thing, things that I am. In that, you know, he's giving away a lot of free lesson and, and instructional material on YouTube and on his website and with a podcast. And then he also sells instructional stuff. And, and he, he's a really good teacher. 
and I've learned a lot from watching his, his material. And I found out that he had podcasts too. So I've, I've scoped out a lot of the episodes of the lessons with Troy podcast. So if you're a Dobro guy and he, he also gets into Hawaiian music and lap steel and things like that. So if that's your bag, you've probably already heard of Troy, but if you haven't go scope out the lessons with Troy podcast. Now, another one that I've listened to a lot and is called the Contrabass conversations podcast a guy named Jason Heath. Jason is a bass player, bassist, double bassist. I mean, and I don't know what term he would prefer, but this guy is a, you know, classically trained bass performer and teacher. And those guys, those bass players are sort of in a, in a different league from the bluegrass bass players that I've run into all my life, the self-taught bluegrass bass players. But there's beginning to become more overlap. You'll go see a band, you know, and watch that bass player. And you go, that dude had some actual training. Some, this guy, you know, came out of a college course or something, you know. You're seeing more of that kind of thing in bluegrass bass playing. And as a bass player myself, I, I, I am not classically trained in certainly not on the bass. I had, you know, six years of French horn in, in school, but I'm always curious to hear what those guys have to say, because I mean, you go watch. I recently went to a show and watched a really good bass player. I mean, a classically trained bass player perform with a string quartet. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So these, these people know a lot of things. They may not know bluegrass, but they know a lot of things. Anyway, there's some great interviews on there. It's definitely an interview based show. Just a couple of, if you're a bass player, check out Contra Bass Conversations. And just a couple of them. I haven't even listened to this one. It came out today. Episode 495 interview with Victor Wooten. When I finish recording it, that's what I'm going to do this afternoon is listen to Victor Wooten. Who, of course, is the bass player plays with Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones. Um, number 482, I really like this guy, Charlie Sabatino. Just straight shooter. I like that. Um, he's got several interviews with Gary Carr. Just fabulous bass player. Um, episode 458 is good. My When I used to work in a piano uh, shop, the guy that ran the shop was a, was a bass player and he was into jazz and, you know, played uh, big band music and stuff like that. And he was always talking, Gary Carr, Gary Carr, Gary Carr. I didn't even know who Gary Carr was and I watched some YouTube videos. And now I know anyway, uh, another episode from Contrabass conversations that I enjoyed a lot was episode 395, a guy named Todd Parks, who's playing bass with Sam Bush band. Okay, enough about Contrabass Conversations. Great podcast. Very upbeat guy, uh, Jason Heath. Then here's one for if you're one of these bands and you're just trying to figure out how to get gigs and maybe you're not trying to like take storm the world with your music, but you just would like to get some more gigs and, uh, you know, be paid for what you do and things like that. It's called the Magician 
business podcast. And I, I revealed in a past episode that I have a history back in my teenage and in early 20s as a magician. And I found a lot of similarities between peddling your show as a magician and peddling your show as a musician. Very similar. You can go back and listen to magic and music or whatever I call that episode. This podcast, I don't think it's still, I don't think they're still putting out episodes, but it's just full of great ideas. All you have to do is subtract, take out the word magician and insert the word musician. And it's all the same. Episode 41, uh, getting bookings at fairs and festivals. Episode 37, understanding agents. Episode 29, it's about contracts. This is great. This is great stuff. So sometimes, you know, if you're just hoping somebody's going to put out a, a thing, you know, a bluegrass podcast about all those things, it may never happen. I mean, I might do it, but sometimes you look outside and find what's a business that's similar to what I'm trying to do and what are they doing? I mean, a contract for a magician is not that different than a contract for a musician. So scope out the magician business podcast. If you're trying to get your foot in the door and make progress as a, as a business of playing music. I've also been listening to trumpet teacher talk interviews. It's, it's really good. If you do any teaching to listen to what other people, how they teach trumpet teacher talk, you know, I haven't listened to all of them, but I've listened to some good episodes there. And then just a couple more that these are just kind of general interest things that I, I have binge listened to. I, I'm a big fan of Don Carlin's hardcore history. It's good. And, and another one that I've, I've listened to everything that's on the feed and I don't think they're putting out any more, but it's called the brass fig, the And it's a old, um, off the air recordings of, of Gene Shepard, um, old radio guy. And you may know him as the narrator of that, that crazy movie, the Christmas story. I love his stories. And I have to say thank you to a, a listener of this show who sent me an email one time and said, sometimes when you're telling those stories, you remind me of Gene Shepard. And I thought he was talking about the woman a female country singer named Jean Shepard. And I was like, what? And I got on and Googled Jean Shepard and, and figured out who he was talking about. And I've, it's just, if you like, just listen to people tell stories, um, kind of blue collar stories. You'll love Jean um, Shepard. Anyway, that's enough for this episode. I hope that that gives you something to do in between my podcasts and if you like any of these shows that I have mentioned, if you like them, just like if you like this one, do what you can to support the podcast because if they don't get any support, they may go away. Anyway, thanks for listening, y'all, and I'll talk to you in the next podcast. <laughs>